0: Now, East Clare in general and the parish of Flagamante Killanina up our way as well has a lot of uh, interesting people who have come to live uh, uh, from other parts of the country and in other parts of the world. And one other uh, of those is Paul Johnson. Paul is a Dundalk man. He lives out in Corlea, which is on the road to Schlivenor, or if you, if you wanted to keep going, you'd arrive in Lochray. And Paul is a very interesting story. He's a, a musician and he's also a, a qualified thatcher for, for, for roofing houses. So um, I interviewed him yesterday and uh, I think he has a, a nice story to tell. So Paul Johnson. And our second guest today on Senator Chronicle is a Dundalk man who's made his home in East Clare up in Corley Flagmount to be precise. His name is Paul Johnson and he has a very interesting story to tell and I'm delighted to welcome you Paul to Senator Chronicle. Thank you Pat. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us. Paul, first of all, I'll ask you, uh, like I do with with maybe any visitors to our area who have come in from from other parts of the country, how did you find Corlea originally? Well, as you say, I was born in Dundalk. I I
1: moved over to England um, chasing a girl. She was a a young lady from Dundalk and a young nurse. Spent six years over there and came back here on a holiday and went to the west of Ireland and ended up in Galway. And just could not believe the crack that was around and the music and the freedom and the landscape and the fishing and all of that. Um, um, I, I didn't realise that it was it was, it was was a marked difference from the East Coast. There's great fishing on the East Coast, but just there wasn't much much tourism when I was young for living in the dock, And a lot of, you know, there was the troubles are just starting to peter off. But in the West, it was a multicultural part of music and food and crack. Um, and then... Um, I ended up in County Clare because I was playing with a band called the Higglers. And in that band is a fellow called Brendan Hertie, who's still living in the area. A lot of, he played guitar. I know remember? him well,
0: lovely okay. singer, musician, and a lovely guy,
1: yeah. Yep, he plays with Andrew McNamara, I believe, at the moment. <coughs> I, I play a few gigs with Andrew as well. But some of the rehearsals were in this area, and I just fell in love with the landscape, the soft rolling hills. And one of the lads told me that um, there was a cottage for sale, and it was an old Irish classic three bedroom, three room cottage. So I bought it, gutted it, renovated it, and reinstated it with a, a lovely thatch. I'd learned how to be, to, I, I trained to be a thatcher over in, in in the Cotswolds in England, just north of Oxford. So. Uh, this
0: was this is Packy O'Donnell's old cross it's O'Donnell's and cross just instruct you for a second for our listeners Paul because it's also uh, many of our East Clare listeners will be familiar with Shane O'Donnell who was a hurling icon of the Clare County team yeah. and it's the, it's the ancestral homestead of Shane his granddad his granddad Tom would have come from here and Packy was Tom's brother a character of lived here at the crossroads and in the light of, you still call it Packy's cross so carry on with your story Paul yeah actually
1: it was interesting glad you told me that because I didn't know about Shane so that's a nice little connection there um, well, I just love the idea, I fall in love with, I was born at that cottage, um, actually it wasn't thatch when we were in it, it was galvanised, I think, but there was something about the thatch that just, just, has a lovely warm feeling to it, there's loads of stories around them, and, and um, there's a lovely, kind of, a sustainable material to work with, so we rebuilt this, myself and a few friends, and we extended it a little bit, and uh, live in this beautiful little thatch at the Crossroads
0: donald's cross as you call it and i can confirm it's absolutely fabulous uh i I, I can't uh, have people lining up uh knocking on paul's door to see it but it's a beautiful grounds fabulously attached house in different little sections and just the it's just so authentic and so gorgeous paul uh well done on on everything it's just fabulous but uh Anyway, your story, so you got here and you, you realised that the West of Ireland had a lot to offer. And,
1: it did, yeah. so I started playing music, I wasn't playing so much music in, in England, um, wouldn't have as much um, of a network of music over there as over here. I think in the first week I arrived in Galway back in the early 90s, it was Arts Week, I had nine gigs in one week. I was playing with the likes of Sean Turrell, the Maumeen Cajun Band, Ruth Dillon, Sean's in my house for a
0: couple Sean of a lovely he, man. He was doing yeah. the Quote uh, and Van by the shores of Luck Green. Merriman, He and um, and his partner stayed in our house for a few nights. Yeah, Sean, lovely man. Look, just, fantastic, yeah. a fantastic artist, yeah. He passed away there a couple of he years did. ago. Um,
1: so I play, played some music with with, with him. Um, um, when I was living in Galway, I actually moved out to Spiddle, so I was lucky enough to get a part in the backing band on uh, the T.G. Car programme, SheBean. And there I met loads of fantastic musicians: Ronnie Drew, Eleanor Shanley, Alec Finn. Um, I recorded in Ronnie Drew's last album with Eleanor Shanley, played wow. double, double bass on it.
0: Now who's who? And double bass is your main instrument, is it?
1: I play guitar as well, electric okay. basses, and, um, and 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 double bass as well. Um, and Alec, I became a really good friend of Alec Finn's and uh, I played on their last album, um, which was "Welcome to the Hotel Connemara," I think was the name <laughs> of it. And I thought this is it; I'm going to get tours around all around the world with, yeah, with Danna. But they, the they, they, they split up directly after they made the album, ah. <laughs> unfortunately. <coughs> um, so yeah, so the, it was it was, a, it was a great great melting pot for musicians
0: the, the West. Um, now and, I suppose most musicians, even around here, are my own kids. There's always a teacher locally that will teach fiddle maybe flute, accordion, uh, guitars, so, but how do you learn, the, where do you get to learn the, the double bass? Um, well, well, I started off as a musician, as a young man in the Dock, and uh, we had a
1: young band, we, were, we had a band called Cry, Jim Core was the guitar player and the keyboard from the band,
0: the cores who were from the Dock. So, the names are just tripping, uh, just you just know, a, a, a seriously, serious? yes, as my mother says, i
1: world famous <laughs> in my own room." I never became famous, I never did world tours with anybody, but I um, Jim was in the band and Sharon was in the band Whoa. and they, they, Jim says, wanted us all there was a few lads in it um, he wanted us all to go to England and I said "Oh, I'm doing a degree in electronics um, would you believe and the other lad says I'm doing something else and Jim said oh well I, that's it I'm starting a band with my sisters so and we went yeah right yeah. and they became well you know the story after of that. course so uh, I, I, I had to learn the bass for that band um, and of course I met Brendan Hertie in Dundalk and he introduced me to the type of music I love now which is not contemporary pop at all it's more kind of bluegrass, old timey, um country, old American
0: country. American, American so brendan has been college, a big yeah.
1: influence on that genre of music.
0: Um just before you go on, I mean you praised Galway already and the rest of Ireland. But obviously Dundalk has produced his fair share of talent for yourself, oh, yeah. including all those you mentioned. So it's yeah not, it's yeah. not as bad well as, as as you were yeah,
1: painted. Uh, uh, um, well, it's. Fa- I loved Dundalk. I really, truly loved Dundalk. Uh, the only thing I didn't like at the time was just the atmosphere of the, of, of the, the troubles and all that. Yeah. Um, which kind of leached in and spoiled. But there's fabulous musicians, beautiful scenery, great tradition. Uh, Jerry O'Connor and fiddle. Brendan Laracy and fiddle. There's a, um, the Kennedys. Um, Brendan Larry or uh, Brendan Herity. I was talking about. Yeah, um, And of course the chorus as well. I was just saying earlier. Amazing. Massive amount of talent there in the town. The town, as we call it. The
0: town, yeah. yeah. The car's obviously world famous, and I suppose. Yeah. Jim, Jim uh, often got maybe was in the background because the three girls were great musicians and also so so yeah. fabulous looking. So it's hard not to be, be background women. Yeah,
1: who's going to notice an ordinary bloke? I, I, you know, he's a he's a good looking man, but when uh, you've got three stutters, this is it. You Yeah. You're gonna. But obviously a super
0: musician himself.
1: Yeah, genius actually.
0: So anyway, you settled you settled here then, and you. Um, Play it here and play there. So, what kind of venues have you played in around uh, since you arrived?
1: Most of the gigs. No, I wasn't. A, I would would have called myself a semi-professional musician because I always had a, a working day job. Um, so, it would have been local pubs and festivals that we would have done. Then and, um, I played a few gigs in Electric Picnic and um, would have done um, the most recent thing I've done was I was. Um, Asked by the Wildaways, who were a lovely band to play double bass with them in the big top in the Galway Arts Festival, supporting the Saw Doctors, which is well, a, which is a fabulous event. Absolutely, Saw Doctors are are, are a phenomenon. They are actually four thousand people singing every single lyric right back at them it was fantastic. Yeah, um, they have played
0: in the Martin Kenny's Killeen Festival back, I, suppose, I saw that, that years ago. Yeah. I was there last really week, I yeah, had yeah. a
1: game last week in a pint, and I noticed all these old posters on the wall where yeah. Aslan and the Swordwaters. That's right, Aslan,
0: poor old uh, Christy, exactly the Christy died there a few weeks ago. Yeah, so that was uh, a big undertaking for Martin, and I suppose the pressure of... All security and all safety of everybody and the numbers and the finances, finances as well and all that was hard, but he really did a fantastic job. But yeah, so you, there, there's nobody you haven't played with. You haven't played with you too, have you? Uh, no. know. <laughs> <laughs> and the bucketheads. Uh, 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 yeah, th- th- I just it, it was
1: just a I mean plain double bass. I suppose you kind of it's not it's not a featured instrument. You are kind of yeah. back, backing other other people. So I got a lot of kind of session gigs and um, you know stand in gigs. And I would have played in, oh Gary Peppers, of course, of course during, the, yeah. during the Pepper, the Art, the it's Festival true. there in August yeah, with, true. back in the big marquee there with um, Brendan Herty and Andrew McNamara.
0: <coughs> Andrew's a great character as well, isn't he? I love him <laughs> Andrew. Andrew is traditional. <laughs> I don't know him very well, but I know edge. he's one of the quirky. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, it, fantastic. Yeah, it's a great man. Yeah, so <laughs> Sister Mary obviously has taught hundreds and hundreds, including of all of my own kids, has taught so many people uh, various instruments oh, yeah. and she's lovely style herself as well. So God you still play now how did I have to ask you how did Covid affect you personally in terms of your music your performing did you miss it and has it has it recovered do you think
1: uh, well I, I suppose I was luck, I was very very lucky because um, I, I wasn't my bread and butter wasn't music at that time yeah. I'd, I'd moved yes, on yes of course um, and um, myself and my lovely partner Sarah Hardy we um, we had a, a newborn baby at the very very beginning of Covid right okay. at the very beginning so we were going to be incubated anyway and um, Perfect, so tiny, in, just yeah, so perfect a timing. perfect yeah. timing. Um, so, and uh, you're kind of insular out here anyway, with a bubble of friends. So we just uh, cultivated that little bubble, and I built a little bohon at the back here with a pizza oven in it. And we had regular, you know, food parties and music parties here with a kind of group of uh, ten friends. Brilliant. And it made me realise that everything you need is t- basically within a two or three mile radius of your house. You know, it's very interesting. And, and gr- gratitude. Yeah, very grateful that yeah. I lived in a lovely place. I've got a lovely... I mean, the local shop was always open, the Mara's shop. after. To, to the
0: Mara's shop. It has every, everything you need. In various, Brilliant people, yeah, very
1: supportive. Yeah, wonderful people. Store.
0: Uh, as all the local stores in the East Clare villages should be supported, we, we agree. Yeah. But so financially, mentioned that you weren't affected by COVID. No, do you think I, 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 in the aftermath of COVID, has something been lost? A lot of venues have closed down and maybe bands are finding a trick harder to get work out there, I think.
1: Well, a lot of things happened, A lot of <coughs> friends of mine who were professional musicians, um, they just went bankrupt. I mean, even the likes of of, of um, you know bands like um, Mike Denver. Uh, I was talking to Mike in Portumna, and he was saying to a lot of his musician friends that played in the band, like they would be, you know, putting the kids through school, paying yeah. mortgages. They were on a basic wage um, from the government, yeah, that's right. um, which is a hell of a hit. I was lucky because I've got a degree, degree in engineering and I work for a company that didn't um, shut down over COVID and I could work from home. So I was very, very lucky in that regard. So it had no impact on me. Now, my my partner, Sarah, really struggled. Um, you know, th- you know, there wasn't that many. They were shut down at one point. And then when they slowly opened up, you had all yeah, those restrictions. I just tell our
0: listeners that we will be speaking to Sarah separately because she's a, a very, very interesting story. Sarah owns the uh, gallery restaurant in... Gort, which is a beautiful restaurant fabulous food and uh, we will speak to her again but yeah uh, she was affected badly by, by COVID obviously Yeah, yeah well
1: uh, yeah they started off badly but I think the government did a great job where they supplemented a lot of businesses yeah. and helped people um, I think the biggest thing that I found was that um, there was a, around here there was a lot of alternative ideas about what was happening and there was a division in, in ideas and opinions about whether this is authentic or real or not real and you know you'd you, a lot of people are I think, mainly driven by that by the internet, and it's, of course, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think so that we're recovering from that. But it, I think it did really bolster the fact that community is where it's all at. You have to have a good community behind you because you know, and it limited the amount of we all we were all flying all over the world, everybody was getting Ryanair flights here, and there, and everywhere for 15 20 euro. Yeah. I think a lot of people have curtailed that a bit.
0: And as I look at No Harm, I mean, as you said we have so much available us we don't appreciate it nearly on a doorstep and community in east clare is very strong since the period, whether it's in flag mountain whether it's in scarlet for Mount Shannon, or you could name all the other parishes as well and that's vital so you have obviously your, your your circular friends then would be would be very involved in music or the creative things because you have fabulous art in your home uh, you have an, a i said no i want to get to the thatching very shortly because i think those thatched roofs are an extremely outstanding feature of, of Ireland and a fabulous skill to be able to do it. So I'll go straight to that, actually. For touching, first of all, what kind of reeds or I was going to say straws, not straw, do you use? And secondly, what kind of tools are involved and skills Tom. Well, traditionally,
1: it uh, depends on the areas that we're in, you would have had um, grass or sedge. Um, or straw or water reed um, it depended on the uh, what was grown in the local areas my house here is thatched with water reed because it's the longest lasting water reed yeah, okay. yeah, it's a stronger longer lasting material Yeah. Um, and uh, I was trained in the Cotswolds in, 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 the Kosovo's Kosovo's in, in Jersey, England uh, by a lovely fellow called Pete, Pete uh, Smith um, to a very very high level um, and I employed five guys when I when I, when I just before I finished up, we thatched places like Morans on the Weir and uh, McDonald's More and More. And in fact, nationwide, did a little little documentary on us with Willie Warren and myself eating oysters while the lads are up on the roof working hard. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely little. That's little, hard to have it. Yeah, mm. uh, but it's a lovely. I, I really miss it. I was in two head-on car crashes there, but nearly twenty years ago, and it put me out of business. Um, it 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 it. I just ended up with seven slip discs. Luckily, oh, I would three. In electronics, so and engineering, so I went back to that and studied project management.
0: That's what I'm doing now. And we'll say when you were patching, um, it's obviously a, a career you could have full time if you had been said fit and for injury free, yeah. because they're in demand and sure they're scarce. But um, you know the intricate designs on some on some of the tasks, including this one and specifically your own, just the intricacy and the skills involved. I mean that you must have. Listen carefully and watch carefully when you were learning, because it's a fabulous, fabulous fish. It's
1: like any craft, if like, if you, I suppose it was a spark in me that would just got ignited as soon as I started. As soon as I got up on the roof, because I, I, had the degree in electronics. I went all to England. I wasn't happy. I met this chap, and he put me up on the roof. And from that moment, of just, just the feel of the straw and putting it in and learning how to put in each, each um, course and every stroke, yeah, yeah. stroke of thatch. Actually, that's an interesting one. There's a there's an old saying where a fellow would say that lad wouldn't do a stroke of work. Yes. A stroke is, uh, a, a, was traditionally a ladder's width of, of straw or reed from the, from the eave all the way up to the ridge. And not If we wouldn't put one stroke up in a day, you weren't worth a damn. damn.
0: So many of those phrases have come from practical things yep. like that. Yeah.
1: Eavesdropping was another one. Eavesdropping, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody standing in on the leaves and listening in the windows. Fantastic. But we would have, it's, it's lovely because you meet characters but there's a, lovely, lovely man called Paddy Cavanagh over in Kinvara, he's since passed away. (coughs) Beautiful old characters that would have lived in the house that lived in the house from the day, his family were the same family from the day that the cottage was built in the early 1800s I suppose. And just lovely old ways, you know. Yeah. The, the, the in the
0: house I grew up in myself, which is similar to obviously your own kind of rural country bar house with the four or five roofs in a row, um, they put on the new roof over the thatch roof. That's the right. The thatch roof was still actually there. Yeah. I uh, would have put the tin over it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The roof, the thatch was still there. No, I don't know was it was a haven for mice or not, but uh, oh, it yeah. certainly kept the house warm. It did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably a fire but hazard it, as well, but it, it's it's story.
1: a Yeah, th- there's, th- I always say people, it's a bit analogous to having a vintage car it's expensive, uh, but you have to maintain it. If you don't keep it clean, mm. and you don't, if you see something, fix it immediately, or it'll it'll start to perish. Uh, and what I mean clean is stop the growth of any fungus or any leaves are on it. Um, i was Irish
0: saying the on the That's it, it yeah. The, the windy day isn't the day to go repairing your. your
1: the your, the your windy day is not the day for the scallop. Scallops, the scallop was the scallop, the, yeah. was, the, was, the, was the twisted piece of hazel that you made into a springy hairpin.
0: Oh, that was the one for holding a, it together. Oh, a scallop, yeah. Oh, a scallop. Yeah, so you'd, 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 it. The,
1: you'd lay the reed down yeah. vertically and then horizontally you'd, you'd put a sway across and then you'd pin that sway in into, in the old days it would have been a scrawl. That's was, right. Which was the rolls was of, that. of, of uh, turf, yes, turf that was laid across turf, the roof. Yeah. And you sc- you pin, scallop pinned the thatch uh, so in, into, into the...
0: Everything was totally at hand from nature. There was nothing purchased or bought for those old That's ones. That's the lovely those thing. Things. There's yeah. no
1: power tools.
0: There's no nothing. Yeah. And so the tools you'd have used, now the actual, even the names of them are fascinating. Can you just name one or two of the things you use in your fetching? Um, and what they're made Well,
1: from? you would to use the, the old, do you know the old um, um, sheep shears? Yeah. You'd use those, if you were doing a, a straw a roof, cutting, yeah. You'd, you'd fashion clip um, the ends. Um, and then there was a, a tool called legget. I don't know what the Irish term for it, but it's a big square... A piece of say uh, oak with, with horseshoe nails driven into it, okay. And that was used to pat the, the reed into place, especially particularly water reed and a combing into place. Well you, just, you just pat it yeah. and get, make it level. You could use you, you somewhat use your hands, but right, you, this was a better tool. So you'd have to leg it for dressing, you'd have the the, the little shears then for clipping. Um, and in modern times, the roof would be instead of scallop pinned into a scroll, you'd yeah. have battens. On the roof, and you'd screw fix it with long wires, and oh, yeah. tie them with a, you know, the old potato sack tires. It was a oh a, yeah, a kind of had it with a ratchet, and you pull it, and, oh, and it would yes. spin. Yes, well, that would Fair tie enough. the tie the sways down kind with the scallops.
0: And are you aware if there are many current ta- thatchers actually working in the country yeah. yeah. now? Or some great,
1: there's good, lovely local uh, thatchers around here? Um, and the names Porik, Porik. Um, Fahi, I think, is one. Yeah, okay. There's, and uh, a Martin Fahi this over over in Kivara. Um there's a there's two young young guys that I, I trained up, um, Pavo two Polish lads and they're still at it. A fellow called Rod Duckworth is doing it, Ronan Finn. Yeah, a oh,
0: quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to get one if I wanted one, which I probably don't, but
1: I still get calls you, twenty years after retiring from fashion. Sure. I still get calls and pass it on to, to a few yeah. lads.
0: One thing that's interesting, we had Ira Malova, the Ukrainian girl, I was a guest here uh, half 20 minutes ago on our show, half an hour ago on the show, and after off air she told us I was talking about interviewing you, and she said, Oh, Ukrainian traditional houses are a bit similar. So we googled them. And the Ukrainian cottages F- quite similar. Wow. No, it comes out a bit more over the end of the house and over the over right. the, the wall. It was out maybe a couple of feet, whereas maybe three feet out, whereas yours comes out maybe what? Less. It seems to come out more. Yes, yes. Wall. I, my my ridge comes out white quite White walls, a bit. small windows, very similar. I was yes. surprised. So it's, small windows too, yeah. Yeah, small windows, wow. white walls. Yeah. If you just t- t- uh, Google uh, Ukraine, traditional Ukrainian thatched houses, it will show it. Because there's a, a window
1: tax in Ireland. Um, that's right I think you know, was. Yeah, the day, the Daylight Robbery I think that's where that saying came from you yeah, um, well, should write book about all those sayings <laughs> that they came from
0: Paul yeah, yeah. they are fascinating
1: I remember one time years ago um, there was uh, we always, we'd we always find old knives and, and artefacts in the roof and we'd taken the old you take a, a layer off an old roof and then hazel scallop the new new layer on top so you'd put layers on top of layers um, one lad told me that he, he they stripped out a roof and found an old fiddle Inside oh. the, in the roof, Whoa. and the man of the house was in his late 80s, and we brought the, the, the fiddle was brought down to. Him. and he says, "Oh Jesus is back to me like an old bad penny." He hid the thing. He hated it. His <laughs> like mother had him plagued to go to fiddle <laughs> lessons. And when he was helping his father re-thatch the roof, he didn't he bury it inside he hated it. And he it didn't was. Want it. it was perfectly intact. Still.
0: fantastic. No, negative modern issue. if you now want to detach your own new house insurance through they start talking about oh heads up the this and heads of the that or
1: is it is it it doable? it's an awful shame and it's something the government should look at because our heritage and our tradition should be maintained. There is a heritage council but they need to proactively engage with the government to say lobby with the insurance companies. Like my insurance here is about three grand a year. And it should be it should be, you know, maybe five, six hundred. Right. And their logic is that the houses go on fire. Now that could be true but the main reason behind it is that we went from an open fire, which wouldn't have had really hot combustion gases, to a stove, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and and also, as I said, you, you, in it an old roof you, you add layers on top of layers on top of layers, so the thatch would get closer to the top of the chimney. Yeah. And of course, the chimney was not made bigger. Over in England, you'd see chimneys that were two meters high. Okay, overhead, no and that was the that was to protect. Over so, the layers coming up. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. even though I made this chimney in this house really high and put in a double insulated flue with vermiculite insulation between it and brand new wiring and got the roof fire treated. there's a spray you can get called magma they still didn't want to still don't want to know so it's that's stopping people prohibiting people from from investing in thatch and maintaining old buildings uh, it's a shame it is a shame well, I
0: mean as I've seen your old place uh, I'm, I'm knocked out by the, the beauty of it and, and, the, and the skills involved and, and everything and the fact that it's just traditionally Irish as well but uh, it's a shame in one sense that you couldn't continue but then again life offers other opportunities so I want before we close our interview. I want to ask you a little bit about your current your work in terms of your engineering and your and your project management. What kind of what kind of things are you doing? Um, I'm self employed,
1: and I have a company uh, that um, that uh, I'm a consultant who goes into companies and helps them develop processes for management, mainly project management processes. Um, at the moment, I'm working with a company that we do all the energy management systems for data centers to try and keep their their energy footprint as low as possible and manage the deployment of energy across uh, data centres, which we all rely on, every single one of us. Every phone call, every Ryanair trip, every online shopping is all going through a data centre. So
0: whether we like them or not, they're part of our fabric of our culture now. So I suppose, before we finish, the biggest thing, one of the biggest changes ever on COVID, I suppose maybe contributed to it in a way was that you can know them all these things sit in the comfort of your own attached home in Curley yeah. which is uh, probably uh, per square kilometre not the most thickly populated or densely populated area in the country or the world and nope. uh, isn't, that's really amazing isn't it
1: it's a fantastic because if you think I, I have an old jeep out there I did have a modern car but since Covid I sold the modern car because I don't drive anymore. really yeah. to speak of I, occasionally I have to go up to Dublin but that's maybe once every two or three weeks um, I can work from home the internet here I had to get one of Elon Musk's Starlink satellites up on the roof here because there's there's no local broadband service here. I'm just a mile away from it. I'm not in the broadband scheme. Maybe someday I will be, but it's completely functional. And it's great because if you're not driving, it means you're home in the evening. So I have a three and a half year old, which is great. I can drop her down to crash and pick her up from crash, which is fantastic i'll a kids corner we'll a yeah oh that's a fantastic that they have down there fantastic
0: fantastic we're so lucky in East there we have so many facilities like that and i suppose long may it continue um sarah hearty your partner as at all this restaurant and uh we're going to invite sarah to talk to us again because i sure you know first of all we'd like to support local uh, as a community radio we want to support everything local in the local towns and villages but secondly um and so sure she's supporting local producers as well, and all that sort that's, so yeah, yeah. that's, 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 that's
1: our main a, community. Yeah, that's her main main drive is all yeah. local seasonal artisan produce, and um, she's got a great, great bunch of a lot of a lot of uh, uh, Brazilian employees as well. Um, so she's it's a it's a fantastic restaurant I, I know she's my partner but it is wonderful i can vote for that local yeah. um, organic and the wines are fantastic i'm sure she'll give you a couple of wines if you interview oh <laughs> jim
0: collins uh <laughs> and a few others now maybe it mightn't be me However, the other presenters of uh of uh saturday chronicle that they, they do it on a row to different saturdays will be queuing up to talk to Sarah. justin Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure i've really enjoyed our chat um I hadn't known you at all beforehand. No, and nice meeting you too, Pat. So hopefully our local radio, or local media radio now, it's got to play, our radio will bring more people like yourself into the live light, light, and People who know you're there will be able say hello, meet you on the street and everything else. So it been really enjoyable. A uh, man with a very, very interesting history in terms of your work and your and your music and, and, and the thatching and everything else. And look uh, at Best of luck for the future. And thanks again for joining me.
1: Good evening, Margaret. Lovely.
0: Lovely. Lovely.